no problems. <laughs> oh, great. Sorry. Good, I'm recording. I got that. <laughs> oh my god. Vaccine. Oh, good. So that's fun. It's not as bad as we like thought it would be. So ringing in the new year, along with season two of Semi-Bookish, we're going to talk about beginnings or first as it relates to a new series, show, etc. But let's kick things off with our usual Semi-Bookish reading roll call. Um, I will point to Jen, who is in the upper left corner of my screen. Okay, are you sure you were pointing at me? Because on my view, it didn't look like that. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm Jen, as you might well know at this point, unless it's this your first time listening, in which case, hello. This morning, I just started reading Cinder by Marissa Meyer, not to maybe uh, accidentally spoil what the topic of this podcast will be, although I guess Andy just said it himself. So, <laughs> is a Cinderella retelling, but also sci-fi. I'm only a few chapters in, but I'm really interested in it so far, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Erin, you're next to me. Oh, I, I, I had to bring it up because I forgot which book that I just started because it's very new. Um, so I'm Erin, if you haven't already caught on. Um, and no, um, I'm reading uh, The King of Confidence and it's a nonfiction book and it's about, what is this guy's name? James Strang. And he's a local guy. 1800 relatively. relatively like 1800 he uh <sighs> he's like a midwestern guy but like he converted a whole bunch of people to um mormonism at one point and it's really interesting i think i don't remember if it's him or not but i think he might be the bear island guy and i don't yes. remember mm-hmm. and if you know anything about bear island it's a very interesting read and i would definitely recommend it if you like cult things aaron's book was also one 2020, 2021 i can't remember which year they just announced michigan notable books <laughs> yep. you can check it out when i'm done with it anyways uh popcorn andy go Oh, geez. Okay. I am, of course, she just said I'm Andy. So you should know my name, at least by virtue of that simple um, statement. Um, I'm reading two books right now. Um, after a successful first book of the year was uh, Lock and Key. The, um, oh, geez, what was the little, hold on. I could figure out the subtitle, but Goodreads is taking forever to look. It's a graphic novel. It's wonderfully, welcome to Lovecraft, Lock and Key, volume one. A uh, wonderfully macabre graphic novel. Um, I can't wait to get to the rest in the series, but oh, it's it does more for the horror genre than most modern horror films that I've watched in the past 10, 15 years. Um, it's wonderful. But I'm currently well, reading, currently reading uh, Legend Born by Tracy Dion, as recommended by your wonderful adult and teen services librarian in this podcast, Jen Noble, um, it is wonderful. It has so many qualities about young adult novels that I hate, but I'm eating it right up and I love it to death. <laughs> and I'm also reading The Postman, um, which is not nearly as old as I thought it was, but it's written in the mid eighties by David Brin. 
and I, I, I'm truly loving it. I'm getting back in dystopian after a, a harrowing 2020, not being as fun as it should have been, but. Um, 2020, it's been six, seven days of the new year and it's been more harrowing. <laughs> Listen, the season, the season <laughs> until the 20th. I don't know what you're talking about. It is in fact, very eight, oh. by the way. 2021 chance to redeem itself. Grant, go. Okay. Um, (laughs) Similar to you, I'm kind of simultaneously reading two things. Um, I'm reading Criminal by Ed Brubaker, which is really cool. And I'm reading the final original Dune novel, Chapter House Dune. Um, I couldn't wait. I, I was going to wait until I finished Criminal, but I, I, I couldn't wait to finish it. Um, so I uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll have some stuff to say about the series as a whole afterwards. So that's what I'm doing. As usual, I'm... Oh, hi. I'm Anthony. <laughs> In case you missed the part where I introduced myself. Um, so I'm out. Yeah. Also reading two books, one fiction, one nonfiction. Um, my nonfiction read is called, what is it called again? The Fantasy Tradition in American Literature, written by Brian Atterbury, who is one of the foremost critics of the fantasy genre, has been for a long time, a few decades at this point, I think. Um, so, yes, that's... a particular nerd interest to me um and then my fiction read is elantris by brandon sanderson which i have not read since i was 19 so this is the first time jumping back into something i haven't read in that long so that that'll be interesting um it's interesting so far so yeah i'm looking forward to talking about that again it's just because that was it's a good book Based on your recommendation earlier, like a couple months ago, I went through that and that was good stuff. It's a good one, yeah. Okay. Which, again, reiterating what the topic of uh, today's podcast is first, um, it could be uh, an author's first, first of a new series, uh, first of a new show, first in a franchise of movies, uh, what have you. Um, Elantris for that record was uh, that was Brandon Sanderson's first novel mm-hmm. yep very first what a hell of a first novel it truly was too um, well okay <laughs> yes it was his first published novel oh it was his <laughs> it was his sixth written novel however by the time he had gotten it published he had written ten novels uh little weakling that he is i'm on 13 (laughs) (laughs) which just means i'm a worse post this (laughs) wait what (laughs) we're adding brandon sanderson when we post this podcast now (laughs) (laughs) to be fair (laughs) we're gonna be like me threw you under the bus brandon baby (laughs) i I think he'll survive (laughs) wouldn't it be great if we could start a twitter war with Brandon yes. Sanderson over this? No. No, it really wouldn't, but think about the fame. That'd be great. You mean our Twitter would finally get some attention? Yeah, we have more than like three followers on Twitter for this. Follow us on Twitter, guys. Hey. Yeah, actually, 
oh, geez, oh, Pete's. But who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about first? I mean, I even mentioned already my first book of the year, which is uh, The Lock and Key, Welcome to Lovecraft. Um, and that definitely is the first in a series. I was talking to uh, one of our coworkers earlier this week, Megan, and she was like, you could see her get really animated. And she's like, wait, wait, you've only read the first. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. I, I, she's shut, shutting herself down. She's like, I, I can't ruin it for you. I can't ruin it for you. Which to see her get animated is a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So like, I'm really looking forward to that. And I've heard good things about it. It's a pretty, high, pretty highly rated series written by um, Joe Hill. And who's, who else writes that? Um, let's open it up again. Cause I, and of course, you know, Goodreads takes forever. It was written by Joe Hill. Um, and co-collaborator, and that is Gabriel Rodriguez, which I'm not familiar with him. So maybe he's the artist. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's the artist. He's actually really good. Okay, cool. Um, I've seen his other work. Like, and which, um, just for anyone who's not listening, uh, Joe Hill is Stephen King's um, son. Joe Hill, not Joe King. Yeah, right. I'm not joking. Get out. Well, you are altered by... Fun, fun little nerd fact about that. He actually is called Joseph King. His middle name is Hillstrom. And because he didn't want his own works of horror to be impacted by his father's <laughs> mammoth career, he decided to go for Hill instead of King. <laughs> Although, to be honest, if you ever look at a picture of him, he's like a complete spitting image of his dad so all that kind of goes out the window once you actually look at him you can't write yeah he's still <laughs> thank you Aaron. yeah he shows up for his first ever appearance anywhere at a bookstore and people go time machine does it work <laughs> baby stephen king has shown up maybe they should cast him as roland in the eventual dark tower remake um or maybe they should cast someone who's not white. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, they did. <laughs> but um, I think we're moving. I know. I know. I'm teasing. Do we want to go in reverse order? Start with Mr. Anthony. Oh, what? Uh, talking about first. Yes. Are, are, you, are you just saying something interesting about first? Open ended. Go for it. Sure. You know, I have to admit, I have a bit of a crush on debut novels, which is a terrible thing because nine times out of ten, they're not as good as not. Actually, that's not true. Debut novels can be really interesting, um, but they're, they're I mean, they're they're beginners. And you can almost tell as soon as you start one, you're like, oh, if you don't know it's the author's first book and you start, you're like, yeah, this is uneven or a little clunky or like there's something, some element of it is usually off um, or not as developed as like it becomes in later books. But there's also a sort of like excitement mm -hmm. that comes with a debut novel. Um, there's an energy and a charge there that you might not get in some of the later work because in their later work, they're a master 
Um, I, I, I'll cons- um, point to The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms by N.K. Jemisin, which is uh, a brilliant, a brilliant, uh, as a debut novel, it's unfair that that's her debut novel. To be fair, she'd been publishing short stories for like six and a half years or something like that beforehand, and she's a brilliant writer. But some of her like most recent work, for me, has lacked that same aggressive rage that that first book has and, and sort of carries so well. Um, her most recent work is masterful, but it's very metered and measured and careful and contemplative. And I'm like, no, I want rage, man. Like, this is what make you're good at. Give me more. Yeah, make me feel angry or I don't know, whatever. But so, yeah, there's my thoughts on first. That's a definitely interesting thought, too, because a how many authors do you read their first book and it's very, very, like you said, rough or rough around the edges. It's very prototypical. Um, and then mm-hmm. it's fun to watch them progress in their writing series. But I mean, almost the way you described uh, it, Jameson, Jameson, wait, Jameson or Jameson? Yeah, Jameson. Okay, I had to think about that. Like, wait, Jameson. Which one is it? Um, it almost <laughs> made it sound like, like she had a one-hit wonder out the gate and she's been... Oh, I mean, you know, yeah. She went on to win three consecutive Hugos for best novel, you know, all in the same series. So clearly she's brilliant, but that's <laughs> besides the point. So what's a what for you, Anthony, what is a first in a series or should for that author, should we start with a book? What's the first book that we should get into? If we're going to read, should it be that first one or would we be then let down by reading her successive works or should we start somewhere else in the middle or near the end? What's the first book that we should read for Jemison? Um, I always point to the hundred thousand kingdoms, but that's just cause that was what my introduction was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was important for, it's an important entry to the kinds of fantasy that was being written in like the 2000s, just before 2010. Um, so it's like post Harry Potter, but not quite Hunger Games yet. So it isn't labeled as a dystopian because nobody cares about dystopians yet. Um, but it has this weird like crossover appeal because it's not written in third person. It doesn't have white people in it. Well, it does, but they're villainized. Like there's a whole, like it's a, it's just so different than what was being published and publicized at the time as fantasy. So um, it was important to me as the first work. A lot of people have been introduced to her with her latest series, the Broken Earth Trilogy, the award-winning one. So um, I would say that's a good one to start with since that's the one that people tend to start with. Um, So yeah, you can really dive in anywhere. First started. And the buzzing has stopped. 
Woo! Okay, good. Technical difficulties. We will. That wasn't too too bad. Okay. Um. Oh my god, it's not actual technical difficulties beep in the middle when you inevitably have to edit. Do like, like half do like the Jeopardy out. like like type music in the middle, like and you're like, well, okay. Maybe we should create like a little a uh, uh, a commercial, a little jingle, and it'll be. Let's go all to the library. Let's all go to the library. <laughs> like three hours later. Cut to one of us just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can <laughs> Superimpose the library in flames. John going around. No! No! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you, everyone, for that little, uh, for your patience and that technical difficulty. Although you probably won't notice because we're going to edit the living heck out of it. <laughs> that was the first, by the way. Yeah, it really was. I'm kind of impressed that. <laughs> um, but anyways, moving on, we're going to go with, I think, in reverse order. We were going, we started with Anthony. We're moving on to Grant. Grant, do you have recommendation? What do you think about first? Sure. Um yeah, I, I definitely agree with what Anthony said about the rawness that some kind, sometimes comes with, like, debut novels and whatnot. Um, I kind of talk... No! Less Than Zero by Brett Easton Ellis. <laughs> um, so so I, I won't yeah. rattle on about that, but that definitely has a youthful kind of rawness to it that... Uh, what was it again? Um, is... What what is it? Less than zero. Okay. By Brad Easton Ellis. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um. Yeah. Oh, also, I have uh, a thousand kingdoms sitting right here, so maybe it's one of those books that I'll get to eventually. So. You do? Um, I do. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I don't know. Keeping in the world of fantasy, I guess it's kind of shade talk about i guess but um the fellow the ring is definitely a good intro, like first entry in a series i guess mm -hmm. um you know obviously obviously the lord of the Rings series doesn't really need an introduction or anything um i've never heard of its this. influence heard of ripples <laughs> all throughout <laughs> oh everybody's right. disappearing <laughs> not on i know yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently. Okay. Oh, scrap the video to improve the audio. That sounds <laughs> Forgive me while I fight with my dogs. <laughs> this is actually funnier now. <laughs> None of you can feel you here. Make up stories about what's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> So where were you, Grant? Oh, where was I? I was talking about uh, Fellowship of the Ring as oh, yeah. the first book in the Lord of the Rings series. Although technically it was supposed to be one epic work, I guess. So, but but yeah. it, it was published as its own. It was published as its own book, so uh, I'll, I'll use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, as, as far as uh, th this one's also kind of cheating because I haven't read the whole series. 
Um, but as far as I'm concerned, it's a good, it's a really good introduction to it. And it, it makes me want to read the rest. Uh, and that would be Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett. Um, nice. Follett. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, honestly, the more I look back at 2020, I think it's probably my favorite book that I read. Um, it's just Ooh. really, it's really stuck with me. All the different characters, and uh, I really enjoyed the time period. Um, it really, it really kind of like Lord of the Rings. It really, it, it makes you feel you, you just want to live in that world for as long as you can. And it is a very lengthy book, so. It gives you plenty of uh, opportunities to do that. Uh, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading the uh, continuations and the uh, prequel that just came out. So, eventually. So, can, oh, I yeah. ask about, can I ask about Dune? Since you, like, you're on the final of the first, what is it, six yeah. or something? Um, yeah. What do you feel about the first Dune book? Is that a, like, solid entry to the series or no yeah definitely um i definitely can see why it's kind of a foundational text in science fiction how it's uh inspired a lot of different people um and it's it's it can be enjoyed as a standalone book however i feel a lot of people do a really big disservice to the rest of the series because a lot of people just read the first one or they just or they say the first one's the only good one i really really disagree it's not even my favorite (laughs) in the series um so uh but yeah as far as i think it was his i think it was frank herbert's second book published and uh it was rejected a lot but um it was rejected quite a few times but i mean as a first book in a series, you could you could definitely do worse. Okay, nice. I do have to chime in that going through the first Dune book, like I mean, the second and third were for me um, my preferred of the initial the opening trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. That first one, there was a lot of good to it, but it was a slog. Like. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm also saying this from someone who hasn't touched it in 25, maybe 20, 25 years. What? The first Dune book. It was 20. 20- I know. I'm sorry. I just have a really hard time believing that you're actually old enough to have distanced yourself from an adult <laughs> novel for 25 years. <laughs> Andy, that's as long as I've been alive. <laughs> 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 we are dating you know this reminds me aaron i think you'd get a chuckle out of this because she she's probably about your age now but i was going to eastern michigan i was part of a writing group and okay. this this whole thing came out where people were sharing their ages or what years they graduated i can't remember the project but this girl <laughs> this young lady this young woman hannah said yeah. like stop when it got to like my identifying she's like you graduated in 90 and 99 what you, you must be like upper 30s andy you're like my mom's age <laughs> oh, no <laughs> and like whoop i just like i was so caught off guard by that like like i i didn't have any witty response i, I mean i did have a really inappropriate response but nothing uh. that was really 
good to say in that situation. And from that point on, they started calling me dad, the, the entire group. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. I mean, she's probably like 24, 23, yeah. maybe even 25 now, but I'm like, <sighs> I mean, okay, maybe 25 is an exaggeration, but then again, her mother might've been really young. I'm not judging. Um, <laughs> I I might have to tag her on Facebook with this podcast. I'm like, Hannah, you got a shout out. <laughs> Moving on to Aaron, was it? I think Aaron oh. came after Jen. Yes. So we'll go back. We'll go to Aaron now. Uh, so I don't really have much opinion that I'm like first, like but like a series, but like I do have like my all-time like favorites that I usually just go to when people yeah. ask me like, oh, what's the first book in a series that you need to read? House Moving Castle is one of those. If you didn't know. That. Uh. I did not know that it was part of the series. Uh, so, so, so the series is like three different books, but they're all like separated and they're all completely like different, okay. but they all come into the same overarching like world. Okay. So there's like Howl's Moving Castle, and then there's Castle in the Air, which mm-hmm. is like, like a carpet merchant type okay. like thing. And you'd have to read it to understand it. And then there's uh, House of Many Ways, which is the last one in the series. And the last uh-huh. thing the series actually turns around and overarches back into Howl's Moving Castle. Let me. So, like, eventually you do reach back to, like... The circle is unbroken. Yeah, the circle comes back. <laughs> so you're fine with that. Um, I also started, because this popped up at the bottom of my Goodreads page, because uh, I know Anthony was talking about it, but I just started Charmed Life, too. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> I just dropped my phone too, but like I I just started that because I heard you talking about it, and then I saw Kathy check it out, and then I went, mm-hmm. I love this person so much, I should read it. Um, yeah. Other ones I usually go to, so like I also do. What is it called? There's like a Black Cauldron series. So oh, if you remember the, I think it's Disney. Oh yeah, the Chronicles of Prydain. Yeah, so like the Disney yes. movie. Yeah. Three is the first one. Definitely yes. that one. That's really? One of, I loved the, like when I was a little kid, I used to watch the movie Black Cauldron. And yeah, that's pretty good. normally scare people half to death because that movie is pretty <laughs> intense if you're watching it as like a seven-year-old. But like, I thought it was fantastic. And so that's like all I used to watch as a kid was The Black Cauldron. But don't you that. think the book three is like even more haunting? Yes. Isn't it like scary? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I like yeah. to and whenever I just go back to it, I'm like, uh. <laughs> Also, first in book series that I know everyone will appreciate, you know, Percy Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, just, that was great. That was yes. Yeah, just like, honestly, if the first life. couple lines don't get you into Percy Jackson, I'm just not sure that the book's going to be for you. Oh, just shoot. The I could, yeah, I could be very yeah. wrong. Maybe there are some people out there who, like, needed a minute to get into it, didn't, like, but, like, from, like, moment one of, like, look, I didn't ask to be a half-blood, I was like, I'm in. Yes. Yeah, I feel like it takes much longer to get into the first Harry <laughs> Potter book than it mm-hmm. does the first Percy Jackson book. It really Agreed. does. 
Because, like, when I read the first Harry Potter books, I was just like, eh, even though, like, my mom was reading it. <laughs> Believe it or not, um, knowing my history, but, like, then I read, like, Percy Jackson, and I just got, like, so into it, especially with the titles, yeah. like, but, I mean, chapters. I mean, I feel like that was definitely done on purpose, knowing why Uncle Rick wrote the book in the first place. Yes. Oh, right, yes, because he had to entertain actual middle schoolers who are cruel. Well, also, but like, because also with the dyslexia and everything, I feel like since he was right. for his son with dyslexia and ADHD, like he knew if I'm going to lock these kids in who I'm trying to write this for, I can't be wasting time, like getting into the story. Like we've got to go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. What were the opening lines to Percy Jackson? Do you remember, Jen? Look, I didn't ask to be a half-blood. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I missed that. I can that also was... start Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four, Privet Drive, were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that sentence. Yeah. Uh, but there's yeah, a certain yeah. charm within that statement, like the opening line to Harry Potter that's in the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, if you want to go for that. Yeah, there's a certain charm to it. But however, I can remember like picking up Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief and it, not having much in the way of expectations. The movie, the god awful movies hadn't been released yet. So I can't even remember what yeah, led me to it. <laughs> but it was just I was hooked from the beginning. So good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Your turn. Okay, Aaron's throwing me the baton. I'm I'm talking. Okay. To tie it back, a couple tops ago when the guys were talking about firsts that they maybe didn't enjoy as much. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have said this maybe even on this podcast. I know I have said it to Anthony at least. (laughs) I love the Mortal Instruments like universe not just that first series but like every single work that Cassandra Clare has written in that universe with my whole heart Mm -hmm. but I do not think City of Bones is fantastic to go into unwarned about definitely Completely agree. I agree with you strongly. <laughs> yeah, like I, I like I still reread it when I read the series. I love it myself, but like I think it's a lot, a lot of exposition, a lot of like world building info dumping right up front. And I think that saves her some time from having to do it later in the series. But I think yeah. when he's trying to figure out what's going on, you know, where are we doing, what's gonna happen with the plot of this. I think sometimes like the here's the entire back history of the Shadow Hunter, like country, legend, lore, etc. There's a lot to unpack in it, that first yeah. book. Like, it's great almost when you're coming back to it after having finished the series, like, oh, yeah, here's all this world building that, like, now I just want to know because I want to know. But if you're coming in blind, I think it can be a little bit to get into. Again, I still love it. I still recommend huh. every series. But I do think that that's something to be aware of going into it. But then there are other first books in series i was trying to think when we were talking about this podcast topic i was trying to think like what are some good actual first books in series and i do have two that i was trying to also find maybe some deeper cuts because like yeah the lightning thief immediately came to mind for me but like everyone's heard of percy jackson at this point i was trying to think of something else and i think what i want to recommend to people is the goose girl by shannon hale 
The Goose Girl. Okay. <laughs> Love. Yes. Which is, it is a bit of retelling of the fairy tale, The Goose Girl. But the basic plot is that Annie has been the crown princess of her kingdom since she was born, but she has been a constant disappointment to her overbearing mother since she was born. And then when her father dies, instead of Annie inheriting the crown of her kingdom, her mother gives the title ah. to her brother and sends ah. her off to a big neighboring kingdom. Ah. Bye. Does Rose like this book? Yes. Rose approves. She's she's obnoxious because she wants to play with her moose toy, so I stole it from her just to get her bark onto the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on. Back to my summary. So Annie's being sent to marry the prince of the big neighboring kingdom instead, hopefully to placate them, get them to not start a war with her little kingdom. As they're taking their months-long journey through the forest to get to this kingdom, her treacherous handmaiden starts a rebellion, kills off almost every single guard who is guarding <laughs> Annie, and assumes her identity, leaving Annie. I'm to sorry. Die. What? Yes. But spoiler alert: Annie lives, sneaks into the kingdom, ends up becoming a servant at the prince's own palace, <laughs> meeting actual pets for the first time in her life, making friends, finding people who actually love her, finding some romance. I'll leave it there so I don't spoil the story. See, for now you. I have to reserve this book for myself. Yes, I, do. I literally was grabbing my Kindle so that I could do the same thing. I will let you go first because I have other things to read. But oh, oh, my God. We own a hard copy of the first book here in the teen zone because I refuse to not let us own that. If enough of you people want to read more, that means I can buy the rest of the series. There are four books in total. And I'm not sure off the top of my head. I don't know if this was actually ever intended to be a series. I think the first one did so well that Shannon Hale was then able to go on and write books from the perspectives of some of the other characters and extend the universe, which I actually, I really enjoy. Like, I like that you can read The Goose Girl as a standalone. The story will end. You will have, like, a satisfaction ending. But if you like it as much as I did and you want to keep going, the other books are good and you can keep exploring this universe and getting to have fun and fire with everyone else. It'll come back eventually. It's on interlibrary loan. Oh. (laughs) It'll come back eventually. I'll get it. All roads lead to ADL. Yes. By the way, while we were on uh, technical difficulties, I went and grabbed a smack from upstairs. Should we end up with that? Does anybody have any last things they wish to say about first before we go into our smack? Oof. You know, actually, I'll throw really quick out there because I plug this book a lot, and I feel like I feel like I'm a a broken record sometimes, like always trying to like get it in there. And I feel like Anthony essentially because he's always pushing the same couple books. Um, <laughs> but wow. strictly in the vein of a first, like because we mentioned Elantris, but in a similar vein, a fantasy but sci-fi fantasy, Pierce Brown's Red Rising. And I know you're on the, you know, <laughs> you're about to begin it, Anthony. I, I know I saw you check it out the other day. Um, yes. I won't wax poetic right now. Star Wars mixed with Lord of the Rings. And the first book also has a little bit of a flavoring of uh, Hunger Games on top. Okay. Hey. And if you want to give an audiobook a try, Tim Gerard Reynolds is magical. Like, I, I wanted him to talk intimately to me. 
a little bit because <laughs> I just like his uh, Irish accent. And on that note, <laughs> and on that note uh, smack. Wait, I have something to say about like I, he mentioned the Hunger Games, and that I, I I have to point out in terms of first that first Hunger Games book. Once you've read the trilogy, in my view, is actually quite lame. Yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's enjoyable and I feel like it's the kind of book that if you don't want to read the rest of the series you can get away with reading the first book and you feel like you're a part of something you feel like you understand the hype it's really good but once you read the other two books I just have a hard time going back to like baby naive Katniss <laughs> yeah because it's like oh girl you just don't even know and it's so hard to read that um and i don't know why that is necessarily it, it feels it feels like i mean the first book is certainly necessary but yeah i don't know she's so young at the beginning yeah we have to watch her grow up to an adult so fast yeah Do but you know dramatic means yeah yeah so, like, yeah because she's grown up so fast and so she's changed like on a dime because she's had to yeah. as soon as yeah. you have to that first book you're like why are you acting this way it all goes to crap <laughs> later and then right. you're like well she has to act this way first we have to put her through this traumatic dis- problem in the first place <laughs> Really yeah. quick, I want to chime in that I don't think she truly ever grew up. And this is actually, I could see this being a really good discussion. We all read it, come back later and talk about the Hunger Games. I don't think she really ever truly grew up. She got thrust mm. into a traumatic experience and yes. she never became adult um, Katniss. She became trauma yeah. Katniss. Um, and yeah. Even the kind of epilogue to the third book, I, I, I'm not going to talk about it here, just in case there is still people out there who haven't read the trilogy. Yeah. But I think this would make for a fun discussion. I'll have to like a little note down, like Hunger Games so sometime. Tough. Okay, somebody put that on the schedule. Right. <laughs> but like, okay, Aaron. Yeah. Smack us. Okay, so uh, get your Game of Thrones boots on. Um, look at the Stark siblings. Uh, pick between Arya, Sansa, and Bran. Well, oh. kill Bran. <laughs> yes. So bye, bye, Bran. That's not false. Uh-uh. No, you know what? Kill Arya. Cause, good lord, <laughs> I can't Is with her. Marry Sansa. I'm yeah. really okay with. We all we're all marrying Sansa Stark, right? That is how this ends. Yeah. Well, Ooh. Ooh. shoot. Uh, Hold on. Who am I fighting to get over to my side over here? The only person who has any sense at all that you would actually have a long married life with is Sansa Stark. Yes. Everyone else gets you killed at a young age. Yes. Or you kill them because, again, I could not uh, have five minutes. Not Bran. <laughs> Wait, so I was thinking like Third Eye Raven Bran, like where he's like all like haunted and stuff, or like. I don't know. I. I've read every single Game of Thrones. Nothing has ever compelled me to care about Bran. <laughs> Wait, you haven't seen season eight, have you? No, because that's not even based on the books. Right. No, no, I know. I know. I'm just... <laughs> okay. I, 
I will not watch that television show. I will wait for George R. R. Martin to finish this whenever he thinks about deciding to do that. Please keep writing, sir. You're only getting older. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I actually always liked Bran. Um, from the moment he got shoved out of that window. Yeah. Um, because I could totally identify with being the person who sees something that you cannot express. And before you even get a chance to like begin processing it, they want to kill you for it. Like, <laughs> that, I don't know why that feels so relatable, but it's like, yeah, I know what that feels like for some reason. So I'll marry Bran. Why not? He grows you know, up to be a like wizard person. This is a really tough one because like, and I'm going to flip flop. I'm going to say marry Bran, kill Sansa. And I'm going to blame it on Sophie Turner. <laughs> Honey, you ruined Sansa for me. I'm kicking you out of this Zoom meeting. <laughs> Just write, type up your email to Jen Rosinski now. Um, but then I think something Jen, that... Bridget comment earlier this week, but we're going to fight about this. Yeah, but Jen hasn't seen the show, so it's kind of like... I like book, I like book Sansa better than I like... TV show Sansa. I Same. Like, Sophie. like I, I, I like Sophie Turner. I like oh. Joe Jonas. Yes. Yes. I'll tell well, you unlike, so. Joe, <laughs> unlike Joe Jonas, Sophie Turner has no talent. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. Fair. So are we going to ask Sophie Turner? Okay, but here's the here's the thing I think we're forgetting to address. There's a there's a very big elephant painted purple with pink yellow polka dots waving at us that none of us have mentioned yet. Oh dear God. Are we snogging Arya Stark? Like I internally no! I wanna say I love her character. She would be the one, but then I have to realize within the story she is exceptionally, no, profoundly, grossly young. I have yeah. to imagine her as a 30-year-old woman to justify her personality. And But, like, out of the three, if I – I mean, I feel like I'm going straight to H-E double hockey sticks for saying that if I had to snog one, it's going to be Arya. I thought we really played this. I thought we did come to the consensus that, like – we are envisioning some kind of universe where we are all in similar enough age brackets that that is not illegal or creepy or weird. <coughs> yeah, because we did we did Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and we only ever know them as kids. Yeah. yeah like we are pretending that we are all in some, again, we are all somehow the same age. I don't care if that's aging right. us down. I don't care if that's aging them up. We are pretending that that, like, we are not allowing that to be a factor in the decision. Good, good. Arya, though, I'm not really interested in snogging her. It's more like wrap her up in a blanket and like pat her head and give her like a hot chocolate for like a couple minutes because like just do a whole lot of really like icky stuff for a bit. But like, eh. I feel like Arya needs like five minutes alone to actually process some of the things that have happened to her, <laughs> some of the trauma. <laughs> I feel like Arya needs five minutes alone in an arena with Katniss where one of them comes out alive. Mm. You know who that is? to be okay <laughs> which one would win in a fight Katniss because I hate Arya Stark wow Ouch. I don't know if I disagree with that one that one we might be on the same page you really hated season 8 didn't you no I really hate Arya Stark and she has <laughs> one, 
she really has one of the most BA moments in season eight. In fact, the only thing I like about season eight is Arya's glory moment. But I hate Arya. <laughs> I I agree with you. Okay. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it a little bit because we gotta wrap it up because I know that the library is open. Ooh. Um, we are no. at the dark. I, I, I'm a little bummed out that none of you got the, the RuPaul reference. I'm um, just going to say, say that in your RuPaul voice. The library is open. They um, committed. <laughs> in RuPaul laugh. <laughs> but new year, new us, uh, semi-bookish going forward. Season two will be striving for exciting changes. Exciting, I promise. Um, we're going to try to incorporate guest interviews, community engagement. Oh, my. And Ooh. change is good, right? Um Unfortunately, we might have to start moving forward with smaller groups uh, periodically, but that's great. You'll get to know us. Um, you know, you'll miss a few of us, but you get to know the rest of us periodically a little bit more intimately. Get to know us a little bit better. It's going to be wonderful. Um, that said, thank you for tuning in. Give us all the feedback you want. You can do this by emailing us, calling us, or sending us an, a, a snail mail if that's your thing. Um, you can even, uh, uh, if you're brave, uh, you know, talk to us in the library. Let us know what you like, what you hated, if you disagree, um, all that jazz. Go to adrian.lib.mi.us. That's the website. You can find all the information there. And I suppose that's a wrap. What a parting is such sweet sorrow. Welcome to 2021, y'all. The year where America burns down its capital. Oh God. Let's not. Listen. That one. Okay.